Hi everybody and welcome to the latest episode of the NSL's podcast and as you can see we're not audio anymore we are visual we are on a video platform and it's absolutely fantastic I'm glad to be joined yes. by my co-host John and show regular Francis how you both doing boys yeah good mate it's good we've made it live we've made it live what is he opening the beer tonight we're drinking for the bottle (laughs) oh I've got his coffee that's me I mean to be fair man all I've got is tea but we'll join you in this on this thing anyway but look we treat treat Prosecco we treat Prosecco Reaper Reaper Sacco we're cutting that (laughs) (laughs) I just want to ask myself or not (laughs) <laughs> but I mean guys it's been quite a week in Scottish football and we have to start with the news that everybody's talking about and that's the sad passing of Walter Smith now yes he was the manager of our fierce rivals Rangers but again you set rivalry aside for this sort of thing and he did bridge the gap between Celtic and Rangers I mean he, Tommy Burns best friend the amount of tributes has been pouring out for him from certain individuals Ali McCoyce and TalkSport was very emotional and just to come to yourself John just a wee bit about Walter Smith as an individual and I know he kind of he did torture us Celtic fans in the nineties, but he he had success. It's <laughs> unrivaled in terms of Rangers managers, anyway. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I think that uh, my heart goes out to his friends and family, and even Rangers fans to an extent, because we know how much he obviously meant to the club and the fans as well. Um, and like he says, he, he had a relationship with Tommy that um, we we've seen throughout the years as well. Uh, the two of them are really really close, um, and I'll never forget. Uh, Walter for when, when Tommy died and he was at the forefront when he was carrying his coffin and things like that so I mean I've, I've not got, a, a, like you mentioned he, he was obviously the manager of our biggest rivals uh, and he tortured us in the 90s and growing up for me uh, all I knew was Rangers winning league after league after league uh, and Walter played a big part in that but uh, I, I've not got a bad word to say, I mean an absolutely stellar career and I think the football world at large is going to is worse off with him well, it was pretty evident. I mean, Postacoglu got questioned about Walter Smith and yet again, Francis, the Scottish media think he's from Mars, but he was well aware of who Walter Smith was, who he was as an individual, and it just kind of points to the influence that he had across not just Scottish football, but world football in general. Yeah, yeah, I like, I totally echo what John says in that, and I'm, a, I'm a, just a couple of years older than John, so I've, when it comes to football, my memories of Walter Smith, um, it doesn't remind me of good term, times if you uh, so to speak. So, but it did give us that famous night in France, him and McFadden, when McFadden scored that wonder goal. So, for a Scotland point of view, it gave me some nice memories. But as a club manager, I, I can't think of any good memories of that I've got off the top of my hand as a club manager. But as a man, you just you need to just need to look on Twitter for a couple of minutes. Other then I think you, you see a true character, a man, when you see the outpouring of support and stuff, and well wishes it getting. Like John says, just best wishes just out to his. his friends and family and that and like you said Stephen that that Alan McCoyst uh, interview I think that was 10-15 minutes after the news broke and we all know how close they two are together and for him to do that was brave and it just it was it was heartfelt and I like I like how McCoyst concentrated more on the family man as opposed to Walter Smith the football man which is is true it's somebody's lost a, a husband a father and a grandfather so yeah it's it's not a nice time but like I say it's a true character of the man when you see the divide just come together and it was like I'd put on Twitter, it was not a day to mourn, it was not a day to, to be uh, worried about rivalries, it was a day to mourn the loss of a great Scottish football. Yeah, that's a perfect way to put it and we at the end of the sales podcast 
pass on our best wishes to Walter Smith's family and friends and Rangers as well. They've lost a, a great manager. But look, <laughs> we'll move on to on the field matters with Celtic. And we've seen Celtic go to Easter Road. And a notoriously dif- difficult venue. I mean, Amphley informed us. I mean, I didn't know anyway. We didn't win a league game there since 2014. And just coming to yourself, uh, Francis, first here, briefly, before we get into player performances and stuff, get into the game, we were all confident we would get the we would get the win. We did flee one, and the first half was some fantastic football. But brief summary of the game, how did you feel about it? Yeah, it was, it was a, I mean, the first half was one of the best 45 minutes I think we've played this season. We were absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. And I think, I know we'll touch on it when we come to players and stuff, but I think uh, losing Rogic maybe... Uh, played a bit of a part in their second half performance along with Hibs obviously inevitably doing a bit better but I think it showed we've seen two sides of Postacoglu we've seen the sort of uh, I wouldn't say it was gung-ho the first 45 minutes but it was proper attacking football it just looked like we were, cut, we were cutting them open at ease and going forward really well then the second half obviously because uh, I think I think the Rogic substitution uh, played a big factor and forced substitution obviously and you've seen them just sitting in accepting the result and stuff and same right. I know Hibs had scored just a four half time, but it was he sort of just seemed to play a style that was like, look, right, we'll sit in we're, we've got to be more more tactical, we'll try and kill the game. And Joe Hart had a, a really good save in the second half, but apart from that, I don't really remember them having any real glaring opportunities. They obviously had the one at the first half, but I think it was a, again a good save for Joe Hart, but I think the I can't remember if it was a boy Neil, but I think he should do better with the one in the first half. Whereas the Murph, I think it was Murph for the second half. That I don't really think uh, the boy Murphy could, Jamie Murphy could do anymore. But it was just a, it was a great save for Joe Hart. So yeah, I think it was, it was two different performances. It was that all, it was a proper two game, a uh, game of two halves. And the first forty-five were absolutely, absolutely frightening to a man. Everybody was brilliant. And then the second half, it was more control, just sitting and yeah, Hibs came out a wee bit more and played with a wee bit more freedom, but. Yeah, I think we still in the main we kind of controlled it, and I think a lot of that's gone by the Aberdeen, Ferencvaros, the Motherwell game, and St. John's. Just the confidence seems to be there in the team and in the fans now. Yeah, I, I totally agree with what you said there, and I mean Francis made a great point there, John. Uh, Joe Hart made that great save from Newell. I mean, to be fair, he could have chipped it over his leg, but he didn't. Joe Hart made a save, and I think them sorts of things in the game is quite yeah. vital. We haven't had that. Presence. I know me and Francis were in the the barcast cheerleading group at, at some points, but I mean, them them sort, of, them, them sort of saves at them moments <laughs> give you the confidence, give you the confidence to kick on and get that win, don't you? Yeah, no, absolutely. And it, it, like I say, we've been screaming for for a goalkeeper like that now for well since last some June of last season. Even we were struggling, and obviously Hart, as we all know, he, he's a world class talent. He, I mean, he's obviously at the latter end of his career, but we know how good he has been. Um, and I mean, he's showing that he's still capable of pulling out magnificent saves, and it, it definitely can make a difference having a good goalkeeper between the sticks. So, I thought the save was vital. Um, but in terms of the performance overall, I, I don't think, like Franny says, I don't think we ever looked like we were going to. We were, at, we were at risk of losing the game. Um, then, other than that chance, I don't think Hibs really threatened. The, the, the goal that they scored was an odd one because it's like they didn't even connect with it really well and it just kind of left Hart kind of wrong-footed because I don't think anybody was expecting it to come off the way it did. It just took an awkward bounce. But these things happen. Um, but luckily, obviously, by the time that happened, we were coasting. So um, it, it 
it was just a case of seeing the rest of the game out. But like that first half, man, the, the, the fact that it didn't finish about six or something by the end of the half is mm. is, is phenomenal. But yeah, I mean, Hibs definitely came to play the mm. second half. Uh, I, I actually heard uh, on the news today that um, Jack Ross had he, 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 apparently they were all at each, all at each other's throats at half time. Uh, so I think that kind of picked him up a bit and kind of gave him a kick in the arse, so to speak. So, uh, but I, 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 you can definitely see the the confidence coming, growing and growing and growing with each passing game, uh, and the style of football we're playing is starting to uh, things are starting to click. Uh, and uh, as I've said previously, it's, it's just a matter of time. And then once everything clicks, uh, we'll, we'll, I think we're just going to coast it. I think you both touched upon there the first half and. It was fantastic. I mean, a certain player, Francis, w- was great in that first half was Tom Rodgers. Obviously, he went off injured uh, coming towards the end of that. But, I mean, up until then, you had the likes of Rodgers. You had Johnston coming back, which was refreshing to see. He played well. Felipe Yada, again, just as usual self. Kyogo, Turnbull. It was just a fantastic team performance in that first half, wasn't it? Yeah, I think to a man, everybody was everybody was brilliant in the first half. Like Rogers, I wouldn't even class it as vintage Rogers. Ah, it seems like a different Rogers. Like he's taking his game a wee bit to a different level. And yesterday was one Definitely. of the best performances I've one of the best performances I've seen Rogers in forty five minutes. And that's that's high praise for a guy that we all know what he's done for Celtic and that, and how well he's performed in previous years. But uh, I think, I mean, if it, if it wasn't from getting kicked off the park, it would have been my man in the match. But I said, like Ralston, I can't, I can't look by him last night. I know, me and you have said in the past, even that, I, I still stick by. It. I think Juranovic is our, our best option going forward and at right back. But I'm not going to sit and berate Ralston. He's he's definitely got a part to play in that team. He's I would be looking at getting him down in another couple of years contract because obviously he's only got this one year. But he's definitely that's more. I've Got one year to try and try and prove myself here, and the guys, the guys playing brilliant now. And I, I thought me, Ralph actually his goal brilliant, but yeah, Rogic for forty five minutes, Rogic was absolutely frightening yesterday. And it's just everything was going through him. He was playing nice passes, doing the nice wee turns where you just you can't get the ball off him. And but and tumble, tumble again, Mister Sitter, but again he was he set up the goal and stuff for uh, for Ralston, which was a great header. It's just it was everybody just everything we seemed to touch in the first half for attacking point of view. It was everything was coming off and like John said, we should, I love three one we're kinda of, but we should have been well out of well out of touch. It could have been a, a five seven at half time and you'd have yep. on, the, on the face it really been surprised with that. Yeah. I mean <clears throat> you touched upon Ralston, John, and he, he makes his either words every week. And I, I've been vocal about it and I'll You're continue to be yeah, no, but I know <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> yes, yes, me, me, me in particular. I believe your Anafate's going forward is going to, going to be the first choice. But the way Ralston's playing, he's going to be a solid, I mean, first team player, come then whenever he's needed. He took that goal fantastically well, John. And one thing that I said to my granddaughter watching it, it was, you never really see Sally score a diving header, and especially from a set piece. It was a fantastic goal. And as Francis touched upon Rodgers, for that third goal, he danced around like six players. It was unbelievable. He gave it to Yada. He put it in for Kyogo to finish. It was scintillating football. And as you guys both touched upon, if it was 7-0, you wouldn't have complained. But in terms of what you said before, John, about clicking, in terms of we'll probably coast it, do you think that first half shows when Postacoglu's teams are in full flow, that's what they can do? 
Yeah, definitely. And I, I think we've seen elements of it since the start of the season, and I think we've all been like we've all seen it and we've all spoke about it. it I think the first couple of games this season we gave a couple of teams absolute doings and then it kind of fell off. Um because we started to see I think like they were they were thinking about like pre-season we didn't look too comfortable last season teams were attacking us and giving, causing all sorts of problems so they didn't really fear us but now I think teams after the first couple of games this season have seen right we're we going at your throats for the first whistle and we're going to maintain that and we've started to see all teams we're facing every single one of them I've not seen one not do it where when we're in possession and we're pressing them high they've got 10 11 men behind the ball and it's very, very difficult to break down. And I think that one of the things that we're noticing is as each game progresses and confidence progresses, and these these guys that have all and remember, Postecoglou has practically brought in an entire new first eleven, uh, and these guys are all starting to learn to play together, and things are starting to click. And I think that's evident in the way that we're playing football. Um, Rogic as well, just touching on that. I mean, performances like yesterday were is a shame he only got the time he did, but the time he was on the park, he was untouchable um, and we know he's capable of stuff like that we've seen it in the past but I think Ange is managing to bring the best to him again uh, which is great and I think we, we're only going to benefit for it uh, if you remember uh, earlier on in the season as well first few games we were a bit worried that maybe Rogic and um, Turnbull wouldn't they fit together in the same sort of team and we had to have thing. but I think they've managed to they've managed to sort of work together and they've certainly Worked on the, the 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 way they're playing and things like that and their positioning and it it's starting to definitely starting to click for me. Um, but yeah, and, and Ralston as well. Like I, I mentioned, I pointed it to you. He's making you eat your words because it's like I've said for the start, he's he's been phenomenal. Like since the start of this season, he's been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, he's not he's not put a foot wrong. I think Celtic fans are guilty. They're expecting it to just drop off. I don't think they're expecting it. It continues week in week out. He's maintaining it. And I think that's surprising a lot of people because I think there's an element of the Celtic support who are expect that that's not going to last. They can't maintain that. And to an extent, you can sort of agree. I don't think any player in that Celtic team can maintain that sort of level consecutively throughout the course of the season, which is why it's good to see the kind of rotation that Ange is playing with. But, I mean, at this stage, uh, I know Juranovic is, is a lot of guys' first choice going forward. And I suspect that probably will be the case, but as it stands right now, I don't see him taking Ralston's place in that team. I don't, and I, I don't see how you can justify it either. I mean, it's not just about justifying it for me. It's about yes, Ralston he's played well, yeah, but we've seen games maybe not so recently, but in that wee dip where you said the wee bit of a lull, where he showed his usual form, where he went back and kind of regated to what he was. We all seen him do at like St. Johnson or Dundee United or when he first broke through at Celtic. But I, I do agree with you. He's performing consistently well now. And I think Postacogby has a lot to do with that, Francis, as well. The way he plays, he spoke about Ralston. He said that Ralston's improving. He wants to learn. And that's the type of player Postacogby wants. And you look at Yada, I think these guys are feeding into what Postacogby's telling them. And it's paying off the pitch. And, I mean, we do have to their words in some sort of way here because Ralston, as yeah, I said, yeah. he does continue to perform, doesn't he? And, like, I'll happily hate any Celtic player to eat my... Make me eat my words because if that's what's happening, it means Celtic are generally should be winning the game and I'll like in a roundabout way, I'll, I'll be happy. So, if any player that I criticize and maybe the next game goes and has an eight or a nine out of ten, I, I'll happily eat my words if that's the case. And to talk about Ralston, yeah, it's the guy 
the guy is really playing good. He's a solid 7 out of 10 every week. Now, sometimes better, but he's guaranteeing you a 7 out of 10 week in, week out. He's guaranteeing you 100% effort. He's not, yep. he's not got all the ability in the world. He's not the best football player, but he's he's trying to make the best of what he's got. And he's doing that now. And another thing I like about Ralston as well, and it kind of, I'm not saying it will happen, but you know, sitting in his team now. And when there's maybe like a wee fracas, like the Chris Kane one at the weekend, Ralston was right up in the faces. He's there's a togetherness now in the team, and Ralston always seems to be in the forefront of yep. any wee sort of face, scrimmage, a bad tackle. Ralston's there, and then you see the other put like Joe Hart, he's ran about 40 50 yards. It's probably the most they had to run against St. Johnston. He ran 40 50 yards. <laughs> there's everybody's want to get involved in that. Like, I'm not saying we need to go and try and batter, like, you want to just get silly bookings and that just to try and show you the big man but it's no just sitting taking crap like taking crap off the other teams it's like you're all fighting for each other you're all there and the, their faces no you're not necessarily in the referee's face but you're you've got guys running 20 30 yards just to to stick up for the players and Rowan is always there or thereabouts so he's not just contributing at, for a playing side he's contributing for like a team mentality and just getting his like come on we need to be, we're up for the fight here and that we're, we're here for everybody and that so I've I've not got a I've not got a bad word to say about the guy now and well, long mate continue long mate continue if yep. you must be doing something all right if we're putting a creation the creation right back at left back yeah I think one of, I, I think I think one of the things we need to remember as well and I, I, we touched on this when Rogers was a, a perfect example of it, about t- make, making players that are already there better um, and I think just to touch on what you said just before uh, Franny started speaking Stephen um. It has got a lot to do with Ange, and I think that Ange is the kind of manager that will bring the bit. We're seeing it with Rogic, uh, we're seeing it with Ralston. Um, it, it remains to be seen whether or not we're going to see the same sort of level with McGregor as we did under Rogers. But I mean, I don't doubt that McGregor's still going to be uh, like he's a captain going forward and he's still going to be the sort of engine in that team. But yeah, I think Ange is uh, exactly that kind of guy, that kind of manager who can bring the best to the players. Just to come back into there, you said McGregor's levels on the Rogers. Do you not think he's he's reaching that at the minute? No, I don't know. Not the same extent wow. at the minute. No. Wow. I mean, I'm not. Oh, I'm, no, big, I'm no, 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 no. Listen, I'm not saying that <laughs> Cal Max no performing because he is. But is he is he performing at the same level as he was under Rogers at the minute? I don't think so. Mm, I, I think I that's mean, probably I more than. That. I think it's probably more so down to what positions he's playing in. I think that kind of counteracts that because he's playing as like mm-hmm. the holding midfielder now instead of the eight or ten that he did on the Rogers. And Rogers yeah. sometimes in the in Rangers game deployed him on the left. So I mean, I get what you're saying, but I have to disagree. I think McGregor's been one of our most consistent performers again this season, to be fair. No, I get you disagree with me, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> but look <laughs> But look, Franny made a great point in terms of Ralston being the guy who's there standing up for the team. And one thing I thought about Celtic last season was we were kind of weak and we were especially making set pieces, whether it was conceding goals or trying to score goals from them. And what we're seeing yesterday, John, was Celtic capitalise on a free kick, scoring a crack and diving header and a corner kick and Carter Vickers just tapped it in. It seemed like a training ground move, but that's a good sign for me because it seems like a, a weapon that Celtic didn't utilise as much as they could have, especially last season. Do you think it's the key to exploit that going forward? I see. I don't think it's a case that there's no some. It's something we've failed to utilize. I think we've tried to. We've just no had to. Like we've just not been able to get in the end. We've, we've been putting a lot of balls into the box, 
we've just not had anybody getting on the end of them. But obviously, it's something we've been working at, set, our, our own set pieces, um, because it is something we've struggled with. Um, and I feel like, I mean, yesterday was the first time I've really seen it come to fruition, uh, and it happened twice. So it's too early to say whether or not that's going to be the case. But I, I, it certainly looks like it's something we're working on on the training ground, and I'm hoping, at least going forward, that it's something we're seeing a lot more of, um, because it, this, it seems the style of football we're playing, we're, we're using an awful lot of width and we're swinging the ball into the box, and that's why it's good to have guys like Ralston and, and uh, Yakumakis and that in the team, bigger guys who, who can get in the end of those kind of balls, uh, especially for set pieces. Um, but I, 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 I still, it, it's, I, I, I don't think it's, as you say, it's, it's just a case of we've no really had anybody getting on the getting on the end of them but I, I don't think it's no through trying but it's good to see it's, it working there it's probably ever since big julian went out injured isn't it he was the guy who was getting on the end of cross balls or whether it be a free kick situation francis but it is it is kind of a throwback isn't it to see i mean diving headers at celtic is a rare thing for me and then obviously carter vickers getting that goal from the corner kick it, it is refreshing in a way isn't it uh as we just like i wrote it's going back we will but if you go back to like then Neil and Strachan teams getting a corner was almost like getting a penalty. You were confident you were going to score for one, and I just I cannot at a time when we were like last season under Lennon, we were just horrendous corners and set places. I th- I'm kind of siding with John in the sense that I think it's more. I would say we're more just improving that set pieces as opposed to yeah, obviously you've got to be tra- practicing set plays and things like that in training, but I just think it's our quality delivery is getting better. We're getting better players that will attack it and, and stuff now. So when you kind of mix them two, two together, it, it is kind of simple. You're going to, you would like to think if you do a wee bit more practice, you get guys that are guys that are willing to put their head in where it gets hurt. Like what, I know Ralston essentially was a free header, but it's a diving header and things like that. And he's, he's the run and stuff. So it's guys are willing to make a run, have a wee gamble on that. So it should, in theory, give you more chances to, to score goals and you should create more chances so I think it's just simply we're doing set plays better because like if you look at last week like Christie was absolutely horrendous at crossing the ball absolutely it was either hurt the first man or went miles out so I just think when when you actually just get a guy taking decent set plays and two or three boys willing to attack it it just you're, inevitably you've got to create chances you might not necessarily win the header like Frank said with Ralston's one he's made the run he might not get the header but he's dragging a defender away and it might get a wee ricochet and you get a tap in so you, things like that can also cause confusion and stuff it's just so I, I just think it's I'm with John in the sense that I just think well yeah we're practicing them not necessarily as a weapon but every team should be half decent enough every professional team should be half decent enough when they get a set please whether that be a corner or a free kick in the attacking further in a dangerous area just to kind of put teams under pressure because last season we probably had it countless times and you just you were as well as just giving them giving them a bye kick or something because you just never ever felt you were going to score for it whereas this season I'm not saying every set place we're going to we're going to score from but you've got players now at Star- in Starfield Carter Vickers obviously Ralston that are willing to kind of put their put their head in where it make it hurt and they're making me runs and they're, they're challenging. So I think it's just I think it's just simply we've got we've got better at them, Stephen. Simple as that. Yeah. I mean that's fair that's fair to say. And one of the goal scorers was Carter Vickers, Francis and I mean mm. I mean 
at the moment, he's strolling through games easy for him. I think mm-hmm. he, he's not like mm-hmm. a, a defender, as we said in the, in the previous show. He's not a flashy defender, where he like a Christopher Ivory takes players on, comes into the pits and lengths the play from the midfield. He's just a non-compromising centre back. Gets stuck in, clears the ball, and does his job. And that's what Celtic were crying out for. And if I was Michael Nicholson, I was about to say Peter Lowell. Imagine me saying that in the first <laughs> podcast. But, I mean, if I was Michael Nicholson, I'd be picking up the picking, picking up the phone to Spurs, much like I would with Jada, and be like, "What money do you want for him?" And just take him because he's fantastic at the minute, isn't he? We do actually. Just yeah, sorry, yeah, I think we, like, we do have a, a, a deal. Uh, uh, the option. I think it's agreed, isn't it? Aye, just don't, much like Jaw, I think, think there's like, already. A, I, think is, yeah. I don't know, yeah, but I think there is a fee. Aye, for both of them, I. I think there is. I've just only know. Well, I say only know. Everybody seems to seems the worst kept secret. It's six and a half million for Jota, but I've never really heard anything for. Uh, Clubbers, no, but yeah, I would like. Uh, like we we spoke on. Uh, I think it was the other week. This and Carter Vickers is just. Yeah, it doesn't look the top. It might be tall, but it doesn't look six foot five or anything. But it, you can see he's a fair old unit, and he has proper old school. I think I think Starfield similar. He's a bit bit old school. We just got two centre halves now that look like they want to just defend first and foremost. They're not really interested in passing, but I think if you look at our passing stats, I think they two are probably got the most passes. But it's just we sideways passes. But yeah, I think they just the Carter Vickers especially since we're talking about the. They just it looks looks like he just loves the art of defending. Like when a header, when a tackle, just is no interest in 50, 60, 70 yard diagonals. Like I actually think a Christopher Ayer would probably would have thrived under a Postacoglu because I think Postacoglu wants his defenders to maybe do that. But in I think it shows Postacoglu how good a manager is. He's like, well, this is the guys I've got. That's not their game. That's Let's adapt to their game. We'll get get the best out of them, however they can play. And, I mean, there was one point. I think it was Nisbet that was running through yesterday, and it actually like looked like Carter Vickers had ran by it and totally misjudged it. But you just you see, it just cuts right in front of Nisbet, gets it on the return, and he's he's away. Like yeah. just it looked like a a boy taking like a boy a th- big boy taking taking the sweeties off the wings in that man. He just. <laughs> wasn't like Billy just it was so easy for him just getting the ball off Nisbet and it's I just uh, I haven't Starfield now Julian's got his, his work cut out to come into the team but again that's that's only good for us because then you hope that that then pushes Carter Vickers and Starfield on another level when they know we've got a £7 million striker that is probably right up uh, Angie's Angie's street in the sense that Julian can play the 60-70 yard diagonal passes up the park and that, that probably Kyogre will thrive off so it's mm-hmm. it could only can only bring and he's he's a threat as a, from an attacking point of view for set places. So you hope that competition at a big team is healthy. And so you hope that when Julian is back firing fit, it brings on Starfelt and Carter Vickers even more, which can only both yeah. well because the two of them, yeah. are, especially Carter Vickers, are playing really well now. I think you actually make a great point bringing Starfelt into the conversation, Francis and. I mean, up until probably a few weeks ago, even I, some Celtic fans were saying when Julian yeah. comes back, he's a shooting. He's, he's a shooting to come back into the side. Yeah. And it just points to the fact, John, you get the media still saying the Celtic shaky defence, blah, blah, blah. But we're the, the joint best defensive league record in, in the league with Dundee United. And you look at it, Cameron Carter Vickers, as Franny said there, he's just an old school defender, much like Starfelt. Maybe not the post of Coglu mode, but he's definitely adapted to the way they want to play. And it's, it's working well at the moment, isn't it? 
Yeah, no, definitely. I think Carter Vickers is strolling it. I think he, it's not a case of, I think he finds it easy. He, he, he's, he is just a, he's a quality defender. And like he says, he's no nonsense centre-back. He just he does the job he's needed today. He doesn't try to be flashy. He doesn't need to be flashy. Um, some of the best defenders Celtic have had uh, over the years were the exact same. And they all ended up cult here. Like Bobo he was never a flashy player. In fact, as a footballer, he was probably nonsense. But he, he could defend. Hey, it was and he, aye, he, he put the fear in <laughs> people because he was a solid <laughs> defender, and people didn't want to go near him. And Mialbi was the same. So I, th- I think that Vickers sort of fits that mould, like the solid defender that at least that we are used to seeing. Uh, and he's coasting through it. It, 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 it. it makes it look easy. Like I'm not comparing him to Van Dyke. Obviously, he's nowhere near that level. But Van Dyke made it look easy, and I'm seeing similar Vickers. I don't think he's he's, he's obviously knows. He'll never be a Van Dyke, but he's coasting through games at the minute uh, with relative ease. And and like you mentioned, Starfelt as well. I've backed him since the start, and I've said he needed time, and he was started to come come good uh, as as he started to gel with his teammates, and he started to get used to the football we're playing and used to the, the Scottish game as well and the pace and everything else. And must I think we're starting to see it now, and um, because week's game he seems to just grow in confidence himself. Um, we we have I've I've noticed that Starfield does like a wee run forward though. Um, he, he's taking a few more chances, and that just shows you his confidence as well. He, he's he's taking those chances and he's moving the ball apart. Um, so I, I mean, he, he, I think he's still trying that, but he's no overdoing it. Um, which is a good thing because the last thing you want to see is your your centre half trying something like that and then make an absolute asset. So. I think the the, the Bay are doing really well. They're, they're they're developing a really good partnership at the minute. Um, and I, when Julian comes back, it's going to be difficult because, I mean, who do you drop? Um, but the, the competition for places is going to be good. And it, again, it gives a couple of other guys the the ability to rest. We've still got Welsh as well, who never put a foot wrong. We'll still we see him get another chance. Um, and we've got a couple of other guys. Is there's. I think that when people all start coming back for injuries and everything, and as the season progresses, and around right about January when we can bring in a couple of more guys, we'll start to see a lot more in terms of rotation. Um, mm-hmm. As we're getting guys' legs arrest, because like you said, you can't maintain this for a few season. But having that, having depth and having quality in those positions is something I think we're, that we need and we're going to see going forward. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely loving that whole Starfelt thing. I can see it. Because everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, uh, everyone, I think everyone is in this podcast apart for John wrote him off. I, I say wrote yeah. him off, but weren't they having him? Weren't they having him? No, I, I mean, he and did make he mistakes. Exactly on, smug. Well, I mean, he did make mistakes, and I did say, I, I'm just saying, like, mm-hmm. I did, he, he needed time. And I think a new guy coming to the country, new style of football, new, like, the Scottish game itself, people make it too easy. That's Ralston and Starfelt. You've got right. All right. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But look, I want to throw in a, a bit of controversy here in, in regards to the game. And we did speak about Tom Rodgers having to go off injured and the tackle on McGregor from Ram Porteous. Now, I'll come to yourself, John, first for this. You I mean, sure you the Ram, yes, yes. <laughs> the, the, Ram, the Ram Porteous one for me. <laughs> Is a definite red card. It was dangerous play all day long. I don't know how it was just the yellow. You've seen the marks and Cal McGregor shins. And then you have Alex Gogic just constantly fouling uh, Tom Rodgers. It's so hard to get them two in the, in the same sentence. But, <laughs> I mean, for, for persistent fouling and then Rodgers having to go off injured, I think he should, should have saw red, even a second yellow at some stage of that game. But come to yourself first. What's your opinion on them flashpoints? Yeah, Gogic is definitely See, before you talk, John, before you talk, 
Before you go, John, I'm just going to step my lamp for about six o'clock tomorrow morning, right? <laughs> Aye, very good, very good. <laughs> no, but I, I like I, I was very vocal about this in the group chat, and I think that the, the I, I said as well yesterday during the game, I was like, if if you're going to put an in and then play bet on Gogic for a red card as a shoe in, it never happened, but. It certainly looked that way because every time a player went near him, he was he was pushing them, he was tripping them up, he was he was taking kicks at them, and how he managed to stay on the park is beyond me. Um, the Porteous thing, where did I start? It, it really <coughs> depends on your outlook, right? It was a bad tackle, and there was certainly the, the way he went in was was shocking. And if he if he'd have caught McGregor like properly, I mean that that in any other day is a broken leg. Mm-hmm. So. It's it's like there has to be an element of consistency because we saw Porteous uh, against them get red carded for a very similar challenge. Um, so you have to then ask yourself: Well, is that a, is it just a bookable offence or is it a red card offence? In either case, in either game, either Porteous should have stayed on the park or he should have went last night. And the, again, this highlights what we touched on, and I mentioned specifically as well about the, the absolute disgraceful level of consistency. Uh, within Scotland and the, the refereeing, and that that and just to highlight that as well, and this brings me on to my next point, and this this is just touching on the other game, uh, with Aberdeen. Um, the a certain referee who who was refereeing that game. Uh, I'm not going to get into the, the ins and outs say why I think it's it, he should never be anywhere near a Rangers match, but what was it? They were doing two one. 80th minute. We've all seen the footage. Everybody's commented on it. Pundits have commented on it. And you even mentioned Chris Boyd even says, and when Chris Boyd is saying that it's not a penalty, then you have to like. But <laughs> this this is a guy who gave Rangers a penalty when they were desperately needing it. Um for absolutely nothing that brought them right back into the game, salvaged a point. And then um between in fact, at the 90th minute, decided somehow, some way, that the game required another seven minutes of injury time. At what point do you actually point? Do you just stop and have a look at what's happening and then say, something's not right? And some days, teams in this country have to start calling it out. We know how the SFA like to defend their referees and they'll do it like they'll do it vigorously. Robbie Nielsen just the other week as well. Questioned, uh, he got sent off, uh, and then ended up with a free game ban for questioning it. How how dare you comment on the refereeing performance? And I think managers are in a, a space where, and clubs are in a space where they're saying, "Don't bother saying anything because you're just going to get yourself in trouble." And it, it's shocking that it's even at that because these these referees now think they're untouchable, but they need to be held to account. So it's about time we as fans, platforms like ours, podcasts, and especially more popular podcasts and other sort of fan media and stuff like that start calling stuff like this out because it can't continue and the the, the level of refereeing in this country is just disgusting. Yeah, I mean, I think you make great points and like I see yourself ho- holding yourself back from dusk on. I'm, I'm, I'm really holding because I, I, I could rant <laughs> the next hour about this and my language was getting extremely <laughs> colourful and I'd end up saying something I'd regret but just I... I'll leave it there. Yeah. But it, it, I mean, it, it's shocking. <laughs> I, I can see what I can see what you're saying, but in regards to the Celtic game, Francis first. I mean, the Porteous one for me. It's a it's a red card all day. Rod, um, 
Gogic for me should have been sent off for persistent fouling. I don't know how he said on the pitch like like John said. And then obviously while I was watching the watching the game, you hear the the filtered in from what's happening over at Ibrox of Rangers Aberdeen. Um, Aberdeen were still teaming up in the 80th minute, and then the penalty comes through, and then the footage, and you're like, what's going on? It has to be called out at some point, doesn't it? It does, and I know like I spoke about. It, I, f- I find it hard because I'm just. I know folk will jump on the bandwagon to start a pile on saying, I are paranoid this, it's that. But I think see, when... See people... Sorry, Frank. See people when they like game, I say stuff like that. No, no. Fuck them. Because <laughs> you're, the, only people that are, the only people that are defending it is their lot. Every other, every other team in the country and every other fan base in the country can see it. So, mm. is, it, is it a conspiracy when you're the only fan base that's not seen it because it benefits you? My ass. And I, no, no, but that's what like I think some some circumstances when when we're talking about it on the back of winning a game when it's no really affected outcome, we're obviously speaking for a sort of a, a position of strength if you like if that's the right way to put it because you're no folk can't then chuck at you saying I will you're using that as an excuse the referee's an excuse when you're you're actually bringing up instances that have near in the grand scheme it haven't affected the outcome of the game because we still won the game where for me I, I think the uh, the Portis one as as a booking. It's a bad, it's it's not the best chance, but as a as a booking because it, it does win the ball but it obviously does that scissor action as a fell. But for me it's a booking. Similar to the one that got sent off at Ibrox for a, a thing's booking that then comes to consistency but that's it's Scottish football's sort of a to far to blame for the, the level it Referees will, by by the fact that amateurs uh, refereeing the professional game because referees in Scotland are amateurs. They're not professional. Absolutely. By trade, they're not professional. They're not professional referees. They might be. They are obviously at a better level than what you would class as a normal amateur referee. But essentially, they are amateurs refereeing a professional game. But then, if you're going to play pay a guy. Which I believe is around a thousand pound in a Premiership game, and if these guys are working even three, four days a week, that's maybe still two, three hundred pound. If you're clearing the best part of twelve hundred pound a week, you're you're not want to go professional as a referee, because Scottish FA got to have to then. I mean, you would like to think if they can afford to pay them a thousand pound, they should somehow be able to do that professionally and train them. So maybe that's the way to go. I'm not too sure about VAR coming in because it's got to be the same guys running VAR. Whether you could somehow pay England some money and use their system and cameras and things like that because they've got all the technology out. I'm not too sure if the feasibilities and the logistics of that could could that be something you could utilise. You don't maybe necessarily get the VAR system yourself because you could maybe utilise the Premiership stuff, just pay them a fee for using it. But then... I would really want the English boys then refereeing it because if you've got the guys that were questioning up here the now, then running VAR, and you essentially got, you're potentially get the same result. You've maybe not got to get the same results. It may just highlight some of the the bad decisions, but I do I do find yeah. the talking was what I just said earlier. It's it's one of the ones where folk have got to do a pile on saying you're this, you're that. It's paranoia, but. As a boy from my work tweeted, there's free certainties in the world, death taxes and a penalty to Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
I think I think we all seen the Chris Sutton tweet where he said this is the worst I've seen, and I think that I think we'll just leave it mm-hmm. that and move on because as you, as you said, we could go on all all evening about it to be honest. But look, I'll bring it back to the game and the the goal scorer that rounded off the victory was Kyogo, and again again John. For me, another fantastic performance, Bam. He, he just gets better week in, week out. I think that's, what, 15 games, 12 goals, and something like three or four assists. And I think that's amazing, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I don't know the exact stats, so you might be... You, I'll assume you're right, but uh, uh, he's he's phenomenal. <laughs> and uh, I think that, that it, like there was for large portions of the game, he wasn't really involved, so to speak. But you know that at certain moments, the ball's going to break to him, and his movement is going to... He must be giving defenders nightmares. And I think that you, you're, you're just confident that if the ball comes to him, he's going to do something, um, and he's going to pull something at the bag because he's absolutely magic. Uh, and I, I just love the wee guy, eh? Like, I've not got a bad word to say about him. I think as well, though, you, you make a great point. He wasn't involved in all the, like, the play and stuff like that, but... Francis, when the ball comes to him, or his wee bit of movement, you know he's going to get a chance on goal or assist somebody, and that's what he does every game he starts, and he's a breath of fresh air, we talk about it every week, and it's repetitive, I know, I mean, but he's the best player by a mile, he, he's fantastic, like, isn't he? Uh, oh, he's, he's been a revelation, like you say, absolute breath of fresh air, like, it was quite strange, because obviously when we signed him, let's be honest, nobody knew about him, but you obviously, you get excited when you hear Figures like five million and that getting banned about the cost and that, and it's one signing that has prop caught the Celtic fans' imagination. One of the first and a wee well, like I think, without any of and like you look at Twitter and that, uh, you see other sort of Celtic podcasts and things like that. And we're all in the same boat with no idea who this guy is, but trusted imposter call. Look at it, we gave him a bit of, I don't like. You had a bit of faith in him because it was one of the ones you knew it was the manager signing, so it was one of the ones you're like, Well, we know this is a player the manager wanted, so we'll, we'll trust him and give him a wee bit of time. But we didn't need to give him a bit of time because it was like his, his second game, he scores a hat trick, and he's yeah, I think it is about 10 or 12 goals he's got, Stephen. It's just you can't see him, can't see him stopping. And like his, his movement's ridiculous. And like, I know Iniesta's well at the latter part of career and things like that, but I don't know how. Good the Japanese league, but I mean, Iniesta will pretty much boss any league, to be honest. Uh, so, if you're playing with a guy like Iniesta, you're going to make the runs because you know he's got to inevitably nine times out of ten find you. So, it's and you see that when he's at Celtic, he's making runs that unfortunately we've not got an Iniesta to play the passes, but a lot of the time we are finding them. And he's even just his runs, he does a lot of thankless running because you'll see him, he does get a wee bit of. I've noticed that now it does get a wee bit annoyed sometimes. You'll make a really good run and get picked out, but it opens up space for somebody else, and it'll maybe just yeah, two three passes, two three passes later, he might then receive the ball. But even if two three, he maybe make three or four runs, never receive the ball once, but it doesn't stop running. He just he's like, well, I'll, I'll make that run because one time I will get picked out, and I'll and inevitably it does. He will end up scoring out it, so it does a lot of thankless running for me as well. That. The uh, the team benefit for because it creates spaces. Then you see is you see the difference when he's not in the team. Like it also is the one that sort of presses from the front. You always say when you're the best form of defence is attack, and if we're going to press as a team, you need to do it for the front. And 
he's a, he's generally always a focal point, and he's the one that's generally always doing the press, like starting off the press. So yeah, he's he's been an absolute breath of fresh. He's taken everything and he's he's tried. He's Celtic fans to him. He's he seems to press not all when just be little things that he does and that he just he seems to be appreciated. That's maybe a cultural thing and that uh, and stuff. But yeah, it's. There's so many good things I could like, like how John could rant about, so I could rant about Kyogo for ages. <laughs> I think, as well, another thing about Kyogo that is fantastic. Do you ever see he comes off the pitch? He does that wee bow to the pitch, and it's the, yeah. this respect and the respect he has for like the fans already. The for Anz Postacoglu, he's come in from Japan, and as you said, we don't know the standard, but I mean, if any Esther's playing with him, he's making them runs all day long. And see, to be honest, I still yeah. think that's one part, one part of our team to click. In terms of Turnbull, McGregor, and Rodgers finding them all the time, I do see what you mean in terms of him making them runs. You see it in the cameras when you're watching him, and he makes them darting runs from out the end, but no one's passing the ball. So I think that's another part for me, anyway, of the team to click. I don't know what, what do you think, John. Would you be agreeing with that? I, to an extent, yeah. I think because I also think Franny made a great point because even if it doesn't work out uh, and he doesn't find himself getting on the end of it or whatever, if, if, if a defender's paying attention, he's dragging him uh, out of position and he's creating space. And defenders need to watch Kyogo and they're going to be well wary of it because they, they know he's capable. That, I mean, as the season progresses, and I think at this stage already, uh, opposition teams know what Kyogo's runs are capable, what he's capable of doing in terms of his runs. So they need to watch him like a hawk. Um, and if, if, if they're tracking their man, Kyogo makes a run, then he is, he's dragging somebody out of position, he's creating space for somebody else potentially. So it, it's it, it it has definitely pros and cons in it, um, but I think that uh, again, uh, as as they progress and they become more confident and they get used to each other, I mean, I think we're already starting to see a great partnership between Kyogo and Jota um, yeah. developing. Um, I don't think Jota against Hibs uh, out on the right um, was at his best. Uh, I think we definitely seen the best of him out on the left. Um, but uh, I mean, I I think that's a partnership that's definitely going to develop into something uh, special. Uh, and I think again, I think other guys like uh, we've got Turnbull. Turnbull's capable of threading a needle with a ball as well sometimes. So um, if 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 I think it's a case of raising their awareness and making them a wee bit more aware of where Kyogo is in the park, um, and then attempting these sort of balls because, like you says, he's making these runs, and it, it can be frustrating when you make a run like that, and then people aren't seeing it or the, the ball's not coming to you, but. I think that'll come in time, definitely. Yeah. I mean, this run of form at Southern Ground has propelled us to second in the league, two points off top spot, Francis, with a far superior goal difference. And But the run of games coming up, we've got Livingston here on Saturday at home, and then the run of games after that. Are you confident the coming of the January will be in touch and distance, if not top of the league? I know it's too early to say, I mean, title challenges, win the league, blah, 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 because the whole transition thing gets through about, and if we hit a bad run of form again, that word's got to crop back up. But at the moment, the way we're playing, it <laughs> looks good going forward, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it does. And I think a lot of that has got to come down to the fact that I wouldn't necessarily say it's Poster Coglu adapting. I think it's more the team are adapting to what Poster Coglu wants or understanding more than once, where it's the sort of pressing and the attacks seem more deliberate and more like planned as opposed to 100 miles an hour trying to batter a team. It's like you touched on Stephen, we're pressing them in certain areas, try to force them into certain areas, then it's to try and just set traps, if you like, and stuff. So I think I'm confident 
that we can. I mean, we're on a wee mini run. What's that? Four, five games of one on the bounce. So but uh, we're on a yep. wee mini run. So if we can, if we could put another four or five games, win that. Like that's that's. A, I know there'll be a couple of European games. So you're potentially talking what twenty odd points, like uh, league points, uh, and a space of ten, like maybe five or eight games or something. So if you can put put an eight game one uh, one streak on the league and that that's got to keep you in touch and you've just got to kind of take it step uh, game by game. That all that all cliche like game by game, but then now because like say it is as a new team there might be slip ups, but if you keep turning into performances like we have been recently, the teams have confidence that and it's no coincidence obviously we're getting more and more players back. So the manager's getting more and more options. The bench is looking healthier. Like you just look at the Saint, I think it was the Saint jo- yeah the Saint Johnston game. Substitutions made a massive difference. All contributed to the game and stuff. So we're having we've got that option now to, to switch it up a wee bit and give guys a rest. Like Kyogo always comes off, which I love. It, McGregor was coming off at the start, and McGregor gets subbed up, which I love. It's just taking key players off. Your rest game's done. No worried about individual stats or that. Just get them off. Keep them for next week and things like that. So, yeah, I think if we can, we can keep in touch with this. It's we're definitely. I've not got to come out and say we're going to win the league because someday, someday will be able to go. I like what he said and that, and I'll, I'll make it. But we're definitely within a tight race. If like if we're in, like I would even say if we were in, I don't believe we'll be as much as five or six points. But if we're in it in less than five or six points, even five or six points, come January and we strengthen again, we've. We've got to be in the mix, but I, I can't. I think at most will be two points off. I think it'll be something similar now, if not potentially ahead. Because if you look at our fixtures compared to their fixtures, and we can only base it on what we're seeing now in form. I mean, I would maybe need to look at Rangers' uh, fixtures more like in the past, but we must be on of similar form. But more of their games have been at home. We've We've been away to Tyne Castle, no, away right, to Petardry, right. away, away to Habs. We've we've had a lot of. We've been away to Motherwell and stuff. So we've got all these games to come come at home. Where they've still to go away to Tyne Castle, and all these grounds have to go away to Petardry. They've got away to Livingston. And that so they've, they've got some tricky yeah. games, and the next round of fixtures. So it's something like they've got two home games in like six or something. So I mean, uh, they've so definitely got a tougher stand coming up than we have. Uh, so f- if you're sort of a similar points then come January like it's always good to, to strengthen for a, a positional strength so if we're on a good run then I, I suspect we'll probably drop maybe, maybe lose a game or, or two or draw a few games up until January I think it would only be ludicrous to think we're going to win every league game but if we do fantastic but yeah I think if we're, we're in touch and distance we're, we're pick, still picking up plenty of wins Two or three players, if we can do that in January, it's, it's always hard to pick up to to get deals done in January. But he's obviously touched deal with the, the going to the Japanese market, and if we can find another Kyogo, then I so I it's, I think we'll certainly we'll certainly be in the talking. I think come January, come January thirty first anyway, when the windows. Yeah. I think we'll we'll be strengthening from a position of strength. I think as well, John Francis makes a great point in terms of the venues we've been at. We've already chalked them off the board. We've got a few home games come up to look forward to. And as you pointed out, Rangers have a tough fixture list. I think it's what you said, two home games in the next six or something. Around about something that. Like that. I might be I might be slightly off, but they've definitely got uh, fewer home games than they have away games over the next yeah. couple of weeks. 
So come January, then what position do you think we'll be in? Top of the league. Top. Well, I mean, if you look at it, where were we three weeks ago? They were saying yeah, the league true. was done. They were saying we were something like what six or seven points off the pace. We were sitting mm-hmm. maybe six or seven from the table. They were talking about the league was finished. Rangers were going to run away with it. You're three weeks down the line, and barring that disaster last night, uh, because this is recorded on Monday, um, the it would have been one point, but it's only two. And we definitely are the form team. Rangers are struggling, and if 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 this was if this continues at the pace it is at the minute, then by January we could be flying. Yeah, we could be running totally away with it, potentially. Uh, so I, I know what Franny was saying. You don't want to be that guy who's who who people go back. No, huh? You say this <laughs> and that, but I'm I'm saying it. I'm saying it. We're we're, we're, no, we're going to win comfortably. Because see, once we strength, no. I think we're already. I, I think we're already the strongest team in Scotland at the minute, right? And I I don't think that's up for debate. And I think that uh, we we're certainly the strongest team in Scotland at the minute. If we strengthen in January, which we're fully expected to do, add depth in certain positions, um, then I don't see any other team touching us. Especially if we maintain this level of football and things continue to click and progress the way they are. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. I think as well, the way we're playing, the way we're going, the confidence is flowing for the team. And one good point that you both made is the strength of the team coming back now, the injuries coming back, the bench looks stronger, looks far more healthier. And even the legs of a battle coming off the bench, it added a new dimension to the team in the last uh, 10 minutes against... I can't run out of my head. Oh, my God. But you, you know you know what I mean. I, it adds a new, I don't yeah, know what you mean. Hibs, hibs, hibs right? <laughs> it, it, adds a, it adds a new dimension to the team and it makes the team look more fresher, look more fitter. And rotation, as John said, loads of times there, it's going to be key going forward, especially like that Ralston's going to lead rest, that your is going to come in, Montgomery, whoever it is at left back. So it all bodes well going forward as with a form team. But look, we've got a game here on Saturday against Livingston at home. And the previous game against Livingston, Franny, we lost 1-0 from an Andrew Shinny goal. Now, I expect this, this game to go far differently. I think, in my opinion, we should get a comfortable win. But how are you feeling about it? Yeah, I think... like. Livingston at home for us is it's a different kettle of fish. So it's bigger park. They won't be able to just sort of sit in and keep it tight and just sort of sit so far behind the ball. There'll be there'll be more spaces for us to expose and stuff. McGregor's got to be back playing. I think he was a big miss at, uh, at the home game for Livingston. So um, just simply the way we're playing there now, it's we're in we're in a lot better places than we were. We're back there. We're not playing on the the Astro tough pitch. Right? And if most teams struggle and stuff, so I think you've got to be, you can't be anything but confident going into Saturday's game. And it's a chance to go, to, albeit it could only be for 24 hours. But as I've touched on before, Steve, we can only do our job and let, until we actually play Rangers again. All we can do is win our game. And if we're generally, we're both playing in the Europa League, we'll generally either play on the same day. So all we can really do. Is win your game, and if it kicks off before their game, you're potentially putting you're putting whatever pressure you can on their performance if you win the game. So, yeah, I think you've got to be confident yeah. going into the way you're playing, be a bigger park and stuff. And as as I say, it's a chance to go top of the league, albeit for 24 hours. But you've got a chance to go top of the league and go right. Well, it's your turn. Let's see what you've got. Mm-hmm. Great point. And what about yourself, John? 
I know yeah, um, Franny said that it's a different kettle of fish at home. I totally agree. What do you expect? Yeah. No, absolutely. I agree with everything Franny said there. Uh, it is a completely different kettle of fish. Um, the fact that we're not playing on that garbage AstroTurf is going to make a significant difference. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Obviously, and, and being at home in front of 60,000 of your own fans is going to make a difference. Uh, and like you say, it's having players back that we're missing in that game. Uh, so I, th- I think we've, we've, got, we've got a wee bit of right and the wrongs today because I think Liverpool, eh, Liverpool, 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 the dominant team, we just couldn't find a way through. The quarters on the break and got lucky. Um, but listen, I, I, I agree with Franny, it's, it's a different kettle of fish at Celtic Park, and um, I think that it's going to be a good one. And what about your lineup prediction, John? What are you going for? Uh, I'm going to see Hart, Juranovic still on the left, uh, Starfelt, Carter Vickers, Ralston at the back. I don't know what the situation with Rogic's injury is. I know it's a hamstring thing, but I don't know if he's going to be missed or rested for a bit. But uh, could well see Beaton starting with Kalmak um, and uh, Turnbull, I suspect. Jota back out on the left, um, Abada on the right, and Kyogo to start up front again. Um, yourself, Francis, what have you gone for? Uh, well, same back five as John. I think that's kind of... Picking at Zelda now, just be how comfortable Juranovic is out in the left, and like we've touched on, you can't really drop Ralston. So, yeah, it's Hart, Ralston, uh, Carter Vickers, uh, Starfelt, and Juranovic. I think Beaton will come in. I'm not sure where McCarthy is with injury, and just with the Rogets one, but being a hamstring, I suspect he's not going to be ready for Saturday or it won't be risks, but. So I think it'll be beat on McCalmack just in front of him and, and Tumble. And I actually think he'll play Kyogo out in the right, Yacht on the left, and Jacobas up front through the middle. I think that's how he might go. Interesting, interesting. I'll go for Joe Hart and go. Is that the way he's done against St. Johnston? So that's how he lined up against St. Johnston. Yeah, he did. He did, to be fair. I'll go with Ralston right back, uh, Carter Vickers, Starfelt, and I was about to say Greg Taylor, and um, Juranovic yeah. at left back. And then I'll go Turnbull, McGregor, Kyogo in the 10 I'm going to go for. Oof. With, Oof. with, Oof. with Abada on the right, mm-hmm. Jada on the left, and Jay Marcus for the middle. Now, it, I mean, it's... No, just, it's I, I, will say, I will say this. Uh, see, I, I actually agree with that. See, playing if, if you're going to start Jakub Marcus up front as a lone striker, then playing Kyogo as a 10 um, is, is probably... Uh, it could work. It could work. Because you've still got somebody coming in and, and making those runs through the middle and creating space. I don't think that Kyogo is what we get the best of Kyogo on either side of the park, to be honest. No, I, I, no, I totally agree, John. I totally agree. I just think it's, I think you still get a bit out of, you still get a decent performance out of oh, it. But you I, get I know, I do totally agree. You, you, I think it's because we know how well he plays through the middle. You're sitting going, we know we could be getting the fees in the middle right now. I think yeah. that's, we're guilty. I think he's guilty. Uh, being how good he is for the middle when you see him out wide, really. Yeah, and yeah. the reason why I said a 10 is, as John said there, Jim Mack is up front of the zone. Just bounce the ball off him, make them run. You can still make them runs and the yeah. players can find you. But come to yourself, John, first. Score prediction and score uh, goal scorers as well, if you can. 
Um, four nine. Um, I'm going to say Abada with one, Kyogo with two, and Turnbull. Yourself, Rannick? Uh I'm going. I've actually got four nothing as well. And I think Yakamakis with a double, Yota, and I think Starfelt might get a goal. I think we'll get a reset piece goal again. I'll go three nothing. Turnbull to get one, Jada to get one, and Kyogo, Kyogo to get one. Just basic. The the usual levels for Celtic we expect nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> that that brings us to the end of the show, but the the quiz has come back. I can see John's face; he's, he's slowly but surely sinking into that chair. But the quiz has come back. We're, we're on video; no one can hide. So you you know <laughs> you you know the rules, boys. It's obviously first whoever gets free right wins it. And the prize is nothing. But again, it's us watching John crumble. I'm looking forward to that. Congratulations, Ryan. Uh, I'm I don't know because there's pressure. The, the as I say, we're, we're facing. I'm trying to psychology. I'm trying to trip you up. <laughs> Are you ready? <coughs> mm-hmm. No. Question. No. Question one. In which season did Celtic first compete in the Champions League group stage? Uh, Two thousand three. Two thousand three. No. So one, one more guess. 2001. Oh, no. 2001, yes, correct. What team did Celtic defeat to get through the Champions League group stage for the first time? Bratislava. No, that was Strachan. Your mate's off, Rami. No. They're Dutch. Is it that? I know, Ajax. Yes, one each. What was the score on aggregate? Over the two legs. 3 2. 3 2. 2 1, John. Oh, he's coming back. I said 3 2 first. I will say 3 2 first. <laughs> nah, it was John. I've, I've gone through Rossi. Oh, my Jesus, man. I believe Ross. I believe I've written Neither. Ross said. John, I was honestly, YouTube, I was John. like, I was, I was actually 20 years ahead of you there. 20, right. You'll hear it back when the, the episode goes up. Your head's still in Bratislava. Come, come down the years. Nah. Right, now, nah, John, that's going to be the cleanser for you. That's going to be the cleanser of the first quiz victory here. Right, he's ready. But John beaten then the quiz. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you're not aiming that towards me. Right. <laughs> Who was Celtic's first ever manager? Well, I merely. Oh, two each, two each. Wow, <laughs> wow. Right now, come on. This is a decider, boys. John's got his nappy on him. Uh, before you ask this question, the fact I've even made it two-two, I'll take that. Well, let's be honest. Me. It's three-one because I got three. I got the actual aggregate score. I'm not having this no. one. I was like Lubo, five seconds already. Lubo Morazovic <coughs> was brought. Was brought to Celtic from which German club? Dusseldorf. No. You've asked this question. Uh, I know, and I thought it was Dusseldorf. <laughs> Did you say that Go last ahead, time? John. Go ahead, John. I, I think so. I, I think that's how I first asked it. I can't even think. Oh, Frankfurt. Just pass? No. Aye. Wait there. I'm never Aye, getting it. I don't I. Know. Near I get stuck. MSV. MSV Duisburg or something. I can't really pronounce it, but you've got it. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I can't. It was a D, and I can't. You'd asked, and I was on the last time. 
Yeah. So we're back to we're back to the first time Celtic competed in the Champions League group stage. So who scored the only goal of the game when Celtic defeated Rosenberg at Celtic Park in a group stage match in October two thousand and one? Mark Burchill. Chris Sutton. No, it was a free kick. That should be an easy guess. I don't even know. Stan Petrov. Come on. Free kick. Live back in the Martin League era. Oh, no. Nakamura. Alan Thompson. Oh, Alan my Thompson. God. <laughs> Nakamura wasn't even there. <laughs> this is abysmal. It was just her free kick and answer it with Nakamura. Right. I'll make this easy. Quizzle will not be back. That's the first it's back <laughs> in the last for ages. Right, it's two eights. Right, it's ready. No. Who was Martin O'Neill's first signing for Celtic? Dean Lennon. Chris Sutton. No. Boom! Francis gets it! Because he asked that for. He asked that for. He asked that for. I said Dean Lennon. Francis, you've won the first quiz live on video. How do you feel? Ah, back to the Prosecco. John, you can look up at the screen. We want to see you. Come on. <laughs> but look, guys. Listen, what, what I, I, really, we just wanted to see your fancy TV behind you. Yeah, yeah exactly. I don't need that when you were that. Look, guys, this is this is our debut on video. And I mean, for me, I've enjoyed it. Have you guys enjoyed it? Yeah, it's been good. Long time coming. I'm glad that's us, that's us done it. I'm glad that I've got well, you are probably saying glad we've got the first one out of the way and it's now on Anthony and, and Ross and the rest to to sweat over doing it live <laughs> You're sounding a bit like Post the Cog there, one of his pre-match interviews But look again to everyone who's listening and watching, stay well and keep safe <laughs> Hail, hail, 